Greetings, friends and fellow daemons, and welcome to another daemonosophy. This is a quick one for a couple of timely things. One, I want to talk about my uh, forthcoming book, The Nebu Generator, a pharaonic formula for wealth creation. I've been hinting about this and talking about it here and there for uh, for a little while now. Some of you are pretty familiar with it and some maybe not so. Um, I've also circulated it around to some of you all out there and got some, some really good feedback too from some of you. But in any case, you know, it's, it's funny, like a few weeks ago I decided, okay, that's enough. I, I need to uh, get this book out. So we set a um, final date for April 30th when this book is going to drop. And leading up to that, I am uh, going to be doing some podcasts centering around the book with some readings from the book. And that'll be the next few episodes that you hear coming out on Thursdays, should be every Thursday, through the rest of March and into um, at least part of April will be readings from the, the Nebu Generator leading up to the final uh, book release on April 30th, where it will be available on uh, Lulu, Amazon. Um, you'll be able to link, find it you know, from the Damonosophy website and various sources like that. I'll read you uh, the, the summary here, which I have on the back matter. The Nebu Generator is a modern system of wealth creation that draws upon the wisdom of the ancients and Egyptian mythology to create a system that is accessible to anyone with the will to strive toward lasting material success in life. Nebu, the Egyptian hieroglyph for gold, is a gateway not only to material wealth in this world, but also to the mysteries of your own divine soul, a soul that might become super substantial, not only in this life, but in the one that follows. The Nebu Generator gives you the tools you need to begin understanding the world you live in with a new level of clarity and power. You will learn how to access and initiate the three basic engines of the generator, corresponding with the Egyptian Necheru, Horus, Set, and Kephira. You won't need to buy any special crystals, burn a certain color of candle, or read any obscure incantations. You will not need to ask for favors from some faceless demon, because you will understand how to create value with your own mind and action, the true alchemy of turning lead into gold. With the ideas presented here, you can immediately begin changing your life in a way that is profound and super substantial. So, I got to talk about the time, the timing of this, the timeliness of this, that this is now coming out in the, in the middle of the, this coronavirus hysteria, panic, pandemic, um, which is really huge. And, you know, it's both a pandemic and a panic. There's really the two, there's really two aspects of it. There's the aspect of people actually are getting sick. There is an illness there that's, that's contagious. Uh, 
and it's dangerous if you're elderly or have a underlying health condition. But if not, then, you know, it's basically like a cold and it's not that bad. But the other thing that happens is the panic that is ensuing along with this, which has a lot to do with, you know, a lot of factors, how the media is handling it and how how the governments are responding to it. Um, you know, it's hard to say. Maybe they're helping. Maybe um, maybe they're making things worse. You know, we'll, we'll see in the end. All we can really do is, you know, write it out and, and make good decisions for ourselves in the here and now. But the, the irony is that, you know, a lot of the things in this book, um, in this system, are about how to bolster yourself and protect yourself from a crisis like this. So, you know, I, and, you know, a lot of people know I've, I started working on this book quite a while ago. And and I and, and and the publication of it has been delayed for a variety of reasons, and this is something I'm struggling with right now. Um, why I, I delayed on this because now I'm like thinking, wow, this it almost feels like it's too late, um, because a, a crisis like this is 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 precisely what these things are for, right? What the the Nebu generator addresses this uh, engine H1 hardware establishing a buffer is is to prepare you for something like this and and um s2 which is eliminating debt um is is also something that would help you in this kind of situation because if you moved into this situation if this if the situation caught you so to speak and you have a lot of debt that you were like waiting for a good time to pay off Suddenly, wow! It's just it's it's that much worse now. It's that much harder to pay it off, and that's part of the problem too. I guess to just segue into the the big question about markets with this is this is a problem in 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 America, and, and I'm sure all the all markets, the, the EU and, and and China and everywhere is that. Um, but I'll just I'll, I'll just say especially for America. Our financial system, you know, backed by the Federal Reserve, by fiat currency, hadn't really recovered from the last crisis, which was the housing, you know, market crisis in 2008. Hadn't really recovered. Like the markets came back up and home prices came back up, but it was because of the extension of debt and manipulation, artificial lowering of the interest rates. Um, which produced that false sense of progress. Really, the reality of it is that we were still totally in debt as a nation. Um, we're still in really bad shape underneath it all. So there wasn't really any 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 buffer when shit dropped out because of this coronavirus. There wasn't any buffer there. So um, Sunday, the Fed Federal Reserve announced that they were going to 0% interest rates um, to try and like help things. And so that, that made, me, made some people happy. Um, when, when Trump came on Friday and was giving his talk, um, it, it made the market rally a little bit. You could see it. They flashed on the screen the, the Dow while he was talking. You could see it was going back up. I mean, it went up back up a little bit, but 
you know, not enough to make a difference. And then the Fed makes this announcement on Sunday that they're going to 0% interest rates. And as far as how things look today, and it's, it's 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time that I'm saying this right now, the markets are still like they, they've gone down from it. No one got confidence from 0% interest, interest rates. And why is that? Well, because the people who are investing know that it's all it's all fake. And so they're all still panicking and, and, and selling everything off. So this is the thing. It's like you don't, if you don't, the, the only way to get, you have to prepare for crises during times of prosperity. That's the only way around, only way to prepare for a crisis. Um, it's the story of the ant and the grasshopper all over again. And really, you know, going back to my book, you could say my book is like basically it's the ant and the grasshopper, and I referred to that a couple of times. And really, that's like the ancient system too, the pre, um, pre-centralized authority era of, of humanity where there's, you know, millions of people living on the earth and, and they're having like free exchange, uh, you know, throughout all this. And, and, and the moral of the story with the ant and the grasshopper is the ant, um, you know, works really hard during the, during the year, during the summer, and he, he saves, you know, saves all his, his food down in his burrow. And then the grasshopper, he just like has a good time. He just parties all the time, he just, you know, goofs around. And he says, you know, what, well, life is meant to live. You got to live life, man. <laughs> and um it, it, it's ironic because i mean if you went to this initiatory level with it this esoteric level you could make the case and people have made the case that the you know this is like indulgence right indulgence is in, in the here and now is like the most important thing but then what happens when a crisis comes through all of a sudden you know it's like the winter comes and the the ant is sitting in down in his warm burrow drinking coffee and eating food and you know reading comic books uh the grasshopper is out on the streets freezing his ass off because he didn't save anything for it so so that's the moral of of the story um is that you have part part of getting your shit together is also Learning to deal with scarcity, which occurs regardless of anything. Scarcity occurs. It happens. It's part of, you know, the chaos of existence. So this is always a fundamental problem in Marxism, too. Marxism and socialism um, never talks about and never deals with the problem of scarcity. They always say, oh yeah, well the government is just going to provide everything and they'll do a great job and provide everyone with food and everyone will, everything will be fine and they never deal with scarcity. And this happens historically. So there's huge you know, famines uh, under Stalin, huge famines in North Korea. There's been famines in China too. Uh, although China more and more has done a really good job of covering things up. Um, so we don't even know, you know, all the all the shit that could be going on there. But it's it's simply the same principle. It's the same principle as the ant and the grasshopper. You don't need to read any deeper into politics and and economics than that. It's that real simple act of like taking responsibility. 
taking responsibility. And so even, you know, even um, in Levian Satanism, there's this idea of a balance between personal responsibility and indulgence, or he says indulgence and, and, and compulsion is another balance, but there's also a balance between personal responsibility and indulgence, and it kind of ties in in a similar kind of, similar kind of way. And the responsibility has to be done when you're able to be responsible. So the sooner that you are, you 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 get hip to this, you know, the sooner you awaken to your own sense of uh, personal responsibility, then the sooner you can start to do something about it. But the current situation. So 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 the good news though about the, getting back to the timeliness of of this this book, the Nebu Generator, is well maybe it's supposed to. It was supposed to come out during this time period. Maybe this is where it will like um, extend the most value because maybe people will be ready to hear something like this. Maybe like three years ago, people weren't ready to hear something like this, and that was and that's probably part of the reason why it didn't come out then. Um, because I mean, a lot of the things I talk about this in this book are the things that I've been talking about for the last, you know, five years or so. I talk about them sometimes on this podcast, but I mean, people that know me and my private conversations and, and, and have followed me on social media know um, that, that I've been talking about these things. And I got some very unfavorable reactions against these ideas over the last few years on uh, social media. So... Maybe um, it coming out now is 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 a good thing, and maybe this is timely and effective because uh, because the book also talks about how to um, take um, maximum advantage of a crisis situation like this, and. And you know, there's this weird ethic that goes around in these in these kinds of scarcity situations. And I've been through a few of them. This is not my first rodeo, right? It's like we have floods here in Houston every few years, and we go through this all, all of a sudden scarcity and runs on the runs on the supermarkets and shit closes down and stuff like that. And then you have and you have price gouging going on, and that becomes a thing. Um, and people start looking out for it. So then anyone who is trying to um, trying to maximize their experience or or benefit from the crisis immediately becomes uh, suspect. However, the reality of the situation is that often uh, price gouging is just how the market reacts to sudden scarcity in things. So a great example for this is, you know, water, bottled water during like the floods in Houston, like some um, people, they'll, they'll catch people who are out, you know, selling bottled water to people at inflated prices, you know, at, you know, whatever, you know, five, $5 a bottle or something like that. And they'll say, oh, price gouging, arrest them, state confiscates the water. But here's the reality for a, a, a vendor. A lot of these price gougers are people who work in, you know, they, they have stores and what they do in order to help the effort and to make money, they will go into dangerous areas. They'll take their water into dangerous areas and sell it. Now, here's the reality of the situation. When you pay for water, you're paying for not just the manufacturer of it, but you're paying for, you know, you're paying for the cost to make the bottle. You're paying for the cost of getting the water out of the ground and the machines and also the distribution of it, like how much it costs 
to bring those bottles of water to the quickie mart down by your house or to your grocery store that costs money too and that goes into the cost of the water then when um you know when um so then when um apu and his family like from the the quickie mart come out with cases of bottled water for people who are in a flooded area well that costs them more money to get that water out there and they're like experiencing more risk. So every time a vendor is taking on a risk, that means he's that he has to charge more money to cover that that risk. So oftentimes, so-called price gouging is really just how the market reacts to scarcity to get water out to people. And then in the end, these uh, so-called price gougers, they get water to people way faster than government response does. Government response always takes much longer even when they have a quick response and they're patting themselves on the back for a quick response like i mean you're going to be hearing you know the government doing for like you know weeks now they're going to be patting them on the uh, patting themselves on the back for their amazing quick response on this even the quickest response for the government isn't isn't fast enough to to do these things so while we're talking about government response this is the other thing i can't help but see going on in all this is the whole question of of government controlling health care so first of all i mean that's like what is essentially happening government is, is is intruding in on all of this at the moment but as far as like the the debate about you know universal health care um that's been going on for a while, universal health care versus a free market health care, no one on the free market side is picking up the free money bag. It's a free money bag, man, uh, of of China. And the fact that this global pandemic of the coronavirus is a direct result of government-controlled health care. No one is pointing that out. Now, in general, I haven't understood this for a while, why in anyone who's, who wants to criticize universal health care, why don't they point out the example of, uh, of, of Chinese communist-controlled health care, which is just absolutely horrible. It's one of the worst health care systems in the world, Sure, they extend it to everyone, but they still have problems with doc doctors don't wash their hands and stuff like that. You know, um, it, it, it's just a it, it's a gruesome like healthcare system, and the government actually, you know, created this pandemic by trying to silence it, trying to silence it because they didn't want to deal with it and imprisoning the doctor who died from it. And I also think it's really interesting that that doctor died. Why did that doctor die? Because they keep telling us that this is just a, that the virus is all, it's not fatal unless you're really old or if you have an underlying thing. And it's like that doctor wasn't really old. He was like in his 30s or something. And I don't think he had an underlying health condition, but he died in the hospital from the coronavirus. Is that a coincidence? I don't know. Anyhow, that's another thing I can't help but notice. No one's like uh, paying any attention to that. Even and, and and you know, I'm I'm sure 
you know, the right and, and even the Trump administration, they could be like pointing this out and making a bigger deal about this. But right now they don't want to say, you notice that they don't want to say that government should not control health care right now. They don't want to have to say that. So they're staying away from it because they want to have a partnership. You know, they're making partnerships with all private industry. You know, Trump had uh, Walmart, the CEOs from Walmart and Target and, and, and CVS and all the big CEOs are all partnering up, cozying up with government now to get through this crisis. So, you know, I'm, I, I'm not even going to get into whether or not, you know, whether or not things would have gone differently. Okay, I'll get into it a little bit. If things went differently, if this was happening in a free market situation, because I know someone's going to ask me that, you know, what would you do now with your free market? So here's, if there's a free market, total free market solution to this, here's what probably would have happened is, first of all, we would have known about it. It would have been announced, like the doctor trying to get this information out on social networking you know, if there was a free market there, right, if they had a free market in China, if we had a global free market, the information would have come out much quicker. And we would have had insurance companies, right, that your ins- insurance companies would have shared information to try and, and increase knowledge of it to prevent the pandemic, uh, to give people, you know, solutions for like avoiding the virus and stuff like that. Now, people might have still been dumbasses and went and, and, and hung out together. And, I mean, that's another thing that we can debate back and forth, whether uh, this is good that the government is preventing people from getting together and isolating people. Maybe it's helping, you know, um, helping um, limit the spread of the virus. But you also have to ask, what is this doing to us as a society long term? Because this is what always happens. I've seen this happen a few times. I've been through a few of these crises. Uh, You know, and I forgot to mention, I got off track. We hadn't recovered from the 2008 crisis, but even in 2008, housing, we hadn't recovered from the crisis of the Iraq war. So really, since the late 90s, the whole American economy has been in a crisis mode. You know, that has not changed no matter who the fucking president was. You know, the fact that we're in crisis mode and the Fed has been printing more money and lowering interest rates artificially has not changed. Um, and, you know, Trump said last week, he tried to tell everyone, you know, this is not a financial crisis. And here's the thing. It probably wasn't last week, but with the Fed going to 0% interest rates, it will be a financial crisis. And they're also printing money. You know, Trump is buying up oil and and putting all these billions of dollars into relief. You know, where's that money coming from? They didn't have any extra money sitting around. Well, the Federal Reserve is printing more with QE. They're going to print more money with QE. Now, y'all watch as uh, in in the coming weeks as that cash, all this money hits the market, it's going to be inflation. And inflation, when, when this happens... When the Fed presents money, you know, prints a lot of extra cash. Almost always, you see uh, the prices initially start going up at the grocery store, and everyone's going to see it right away because going to the grocery store is going to be the main thing that people do now because they're closing down everything else. So the minute those prices go up at the grocery store, people are going to see that, and then they're going to react. There's going to be another reaction against that. 
So I'm just saying brace yourself. And so the other thing that happens in these crises is that the government comes in and they say, well, because of this crisis, we have to come in and do these things in order to, you know, uh, protect the American people. And what they do is they move in all this new infrastructure to help us through the crises. And people say, you know, I can't wait till things get back to normal and we get through this crisis, things will get back to normal. Then what happens is the crisis fades away, but that infrastructure stays there. So a couple of good examples of this would be from 9-11 and the Homeland Security Security, uh, series of, of executive orders, which included a huge expansion of the TSA into the airports and into our travel and new travel restrictions. And guess what? That never went away. You still have to take off your shoes and you still can bring on a bottle of liquid under three ounces, even though everyone knows it's, it's just fucking ridiculous and it's not helping anyone. And then, you know, the NSA, total expansion of the NSA spying program, which, you know, never went away. Even though we've had, you know, whistleblowers like Snowden um, come out and talk about it and, and you know, it's, that, that hasn't gone away never going to go away and you know even if you you complain about it too much and and people can you know say hey you're that, that those are people's jobs those tsa people they need their jobs too so so you got to consider the things now that are being introduced into our culture into our infrastructure and you got to imagine maybe that's probably not going to go away things like um, social distancing, you know, people staying away from each other. I mean, we're already dealing with almost zero birth rates in the, in the West. Um, how's this going to, how's this going to affect that? It's going to make it worse. going to make it worse. Here's another one. Cancellation of schools public school and um, transitioning to remote classes for you know public school K through 12 and the university system so does this mean or like you know Phoenix you know University of Phoenix and like online schools well were they in the right place at the right time are they going to become the norm now Um. So, I mean, that, that, that could really change things. And, you know, I still do music. I'm still, you know, somewhat connected in the music scene. And, you know, I know a lot of people are talking about that. Shows are getting canceled everywhere. And really, I mean, we already took a hit on that. We took a hit on that in the, in the late 90s when, um, you know, I think it started out when there was, that, there was a fire. <laughs> There was a fire like at a at a uh, was it White Snake show or something, and um, so they started to go oh, no open flame sources in clubs that's dangerous and that led led to like a ban on smoking and then nine eleven happened and now ever since then music has been completely like managed the only music shows are like these these um, you know properly well managed 
uh, concert type things at, at large venues. So the age of the underground shows and the, um, you know, the, the punk rock, you know, wild west frontier, <laughs> those days are over long since over. So I think we're going to see an even further expansion of this because with coronavirus, it's against the large shows. It's the large shows that like took over everything. Now those are banned too. So will we see a return to possibly smaller shows, smaller venues, or will we just see, you know, we won't have um, live music anymore? And it'll just be, you know, bands will just play live over, you know, Periscope or something. Um, I don't know. I don't think people like to watch music over Periscope. I don't think people care to do that. So I don't know what it means for the music industry. I don't think it's going to be good, though. Um, anyhow, it's not all bad, people. Like I said, there, there's opportunities that appear within this. Um, you know, um, it, you know. It, of course, if the the stock market is way down, so if you're into into stocks, if you if you have stuff in the market, it looks painful right now. But don't panic, don't sell, write it out, and look for opportunities. There's huge opportunities right now since everything's down to buy solid stocks that you have trust in. You know, uh, build up your your portfolio in there, um, and you know, and, and don't do it right now. I don't, I don't think you want to do it right now. I think it's too close. I think it's going to tumble. I think we're going to tumble a little bit further. Um, likewise, I think there's opportunities for precious metals coming up. I saw last week gold went up to seventeen hundred dollars an ounce which is like, that's the highest I've ever seen it in my life. Um, I'm not a market commentator, so I'm not going to get way into the numbers, but I'm just saying it went up. And that's what we expect overall during crises. Gold like goes up um, as the dollar goes down. Now, gold like pulled back a little bit today, um, and, and it probably will a little bit more during this uncertainty. But then as the inflation starts to roll out um i think you're going to see gold go way up so there's some buying opportunities there um that silver went uh way down today i saw silver get down to 12 dollars an ounce um but then i'm actually seeing a lot of the uh retailers uh a lot of the dealers are um have out of stock notices on stuff. So I don't think there's, I think there's a lot of people. It's because a lot of people are, are trying to buy right now. And, um, the market hasn't fully adjusted to it yet because we're kind of in a chaos moment. Um, and I think the dealers are rationing things right now because, and, and you know what that means? That means there's probably some huge interests, probably government, Probably people with inside into the government. It's probably people from the Federal Reserve buying up gold everywhere they can because they know. They know. So this is in times like this you got to be careful. 
because they could always come out with another executive order and, and, and try and ban gold. But I've also heard rumors to the opposite that this could be the prelude or that this was even a plan for the Trump administration to retie the dollar back to gold, which would fix the dollar, would keep it from free falling, you know, like keep it from spiraling out of control. Um, and it would also really, uh, really launch the, the price of gold into some intense territories. So look for opportunities. Uh, Bitcoin, I don't know about. I know there's a, I have a lot of people, a lot of listeners out there who are into Bitcoin. I saw it went down. I don't know what it means though. I don't know about Bitcoin. I don't, uh, I don't get it. So, so I'm not going to say anything about it, but there's always opportunities. And the important thing is to keep your head, keep cool in a crisis, understand that, um, it will abate eventually. Hopefully you've prepared for it somewhat. And if you haven't, then take it as a lesson to the, as soon as you can get to a point where you can prepare and create that buffer and look for my book to come out April 30th, which will give you more information about how to deal with shit like this. And also keep listening to the podcast because, um, I'll be putting out more in the next few weeks, uh, connect in connection with the Nebu generator. And I know some people will be like, man, this isn't esoteric. This isn't a cult. This isn't magic. You know, what is all this shit with economics and personal finance? And, and so this is my point exactly. And this is why I wrote the book is like the same principles that I'm talking about here, creating a buffer, looking for opportunities, being aware, being watchful and being awake. These are all esoteric things. These are all initiatory values. So that's my point, and this this is a, in large what what the Nebu generator is all about is like understanding that there is not this divide between your esoteric spiritual pursuits and then the material universe out there. That's part of the lie. That's the the part. That's that's some weird aberration of Neoplatonism and the Western mind body duality, you know, which ultimately, you know, connects back with with the church, right? It connects back with central authority central authoritarian power structures and how they like to control things. They create this division. They create this schism in the psyche. And what I'm saying is I want to repair the psyche, right? I want to put these two pieces of man back together. They should be put back together. And you should understand that when you are, you know, when you're looking for opportunities and you're trying to remember yourself and you're trying to become, you know, super substantial within your soul, that that this is the same effort to open up opportunities in the material universe to bring yourself more comfort to bring yourself uh, a higher quality uh, of experience um, to be able to really help other people right and I mean be able to really help people not be able to go out with a protest sign and 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 complain but to actually be able to do something about it, you need to transform yourself first and you need to transform uh, the, the world around you and your property in your sense of property. So that, that's what that's all about. So watch for the book April 30th. Watch for future podcasts. Leave me comments. 
I love user feedback. Give it to me, people. Give me your best and your worst. And until next time, I will leave you with the immortal words of John Dillinger. Lie down on the floor and remain calm. And when you've found that center of inner calmness and serenity as you look out over the chaos surrounding you, then get up and keep those dark fires burning.